Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Down goes Duffy. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, it's good to be back with you. Sorry about the bye week, but we're grateful to be uh, back in your lives. It is Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Episode 366 of the Anik and Florian podcast. We have a lot to get to, especially because we have not talked to you in a while. Uh, Ken Flo is back. What a massive weekend for Team Florian at the ADCC <laughs> World Championships in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to get to all the performers, of course. But, um, hey, man, you know, like for people who support you, like myself and Cody and others, like great to see you shine in a lot of different roles, Hall of Fame, post-match interviews, uh, and everything else in between. So, uh, you know, Team Florian, let's go, as the rapper said about 14 years ago. Special, <laughs> special teams. Uh <laughs> If you don't know now, you know. Great to uh, great to see you do all of that stuff, and great to see you back home, kid. I, I appreciate it, brother. It, it was nice to kind of come full circle from where I started doing, you know, rinky dink grappling tournaments uh, to you know the the largest one, and, and get getting to geek out with all the other, uh, you know, fans out there, and and kind of doing some different roles. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But uh, thank you, buddy. It's good to see you. Seems to be big budget if you can afford Bruce Buffer and uh, Kenny yes. Florian. But, uh, you know, Cody sent a text like, oh, big weekend for Ken Flo. And it's like, yeah, if you, for the Ken Flo haters, not a good weekend if you're uh, a grappling <laughs> fan. Um, so this Gordon Ryan, we're going to get to Ken Flo's podium here in a little bit. Your three top performers from this ADC World Championships uh, and Gordon Ryan's greatness relative to LeBron James and some of the other guys that have been dominant in sport. But uh, you said this was like the greatest grappling tournament of all time. Um, so that's why we're leading the show with it. Uh, why was it that it certainly was, you know, listen, I think when you get the cream of the crop, right, just to kind of get into this tournament, now you have the cream of the cream and you see someone like a Gordon Ryan who rises above all of those guys, you know, it's pretty mind blowing, but you know, these are all the guys, basically all the guys who have won all the biggest super fights over the last three years, um, those were the guys. The best out of those guys are the ones that competed in this ADCC. It was truly an international style grappling tournament where you had people from all over the world, the best men, the best women, and all the different weight classes uh, compete against each other. Uh, and, you know, it's rare that you get a chance to, to see that. Um, and obviously, you know, the prize money is a lot uh, better for these guys, uh, the sponsorship money. Uh, you know, all the eyes that were there, the crowd, uh, the production that went into it, um, all of those things, I think, made it the best grappling event of all time. Certainly the biggest, you know, the ADCC has always been the most prestigious. Right. You'll hear, you always hear Joe Rogan kind of, you know, drop one of those 
uh, references anytime someone has competed or has even uh, won in ADCC. Uh, so it's always had that level of prestige and honor. Um, and then to see these guys, the level that is present in today's, you know, grappling tournaments and, and to see it in ADCC is just, it, it's something else, man. Seeing it live was just tremendous. Yeah. Danger factor just seems off the charts uh, yeah. for the, uh, the art formerly known as the gentle art. So can <laughs> yes. you wager on this stuff? I think you can. I know they had odds, dude. So, yeah, I, I, so I assume you as can. a commentator, is it your expectation that Gordon Ryan was going to have as seemingly quick a night at the office as he had or no? I, I don't know. I, I think there was that potential. I mean, he is that good. Um, I'm sure the odds were greatly in his favor as a favorite. Um, but even when you get a guy like Andre Galvao in the super fight, for example, a guy who has been a champion six times at that ADCC level, uh, a true, a true legend of the game, certainly older at this point of his career. Uh, but you don't see someone dominate anybody. I mean, Galvao hasn't lost in a long time, let alone get dominated like that. I mean, that's how good Gordon Ryan is. He, he just, he makes it look easy. He's a study in efficiency. Um, you know, the energy that he uses and how calm and composed he is as he executes each and every move. Um, you know, it's like Magnus Carlsen level, you know, chess playing out there yeah, when it comes right. to kinetic chess. He's he's that good. So uh, reportedly minus 750, the favorite Gordon Ryan Galvao plus 500. I guess I was more looking for, you know, a proposition type bet that would give you a little bit more value on uh, on, on Gordon Ryan because my brain just moves in that direction. So yeah. <laughs> in terms of his dominance, uh, is it just combination, you know, physicality and technique? And uh, he's just uh, the best in the world because, you know, it's amazing to see all the superlatives and, and all the people in that world talk about him and uh, these glowing terms, you know. He's a natural talent when it comes to grappling. Um, it, his work ethic is kind of legendary. He's been working hard since he was a young teenager. Um, dedicating himself to driving from New Jersey to New York City, sleeping on the mats, training under one of the greatest, um, you know, jujitsu and martial arts minds of all time in John Danaher, uh, being under that system for that long, surrounding himself with other fantastic grapplers, testing himself in various levels throughout the years, um, you know, slowly closing that gap and eventually just surpassing everybody. So he's the full package, man. And he also shows a level of intelligence and execution when the lights are brightest. Uh, that is also rare. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of great up and coming talent, young teenagers as well, that were actually, you know, further along than even Gordon was at 18, 19 years old. However, Gordon you know, he's right back into training. He's already, you know, so it's hard to close that gap when you get a guy like Gordon who's never satisfied with his performances, who's always working hard. You know, I, th I think he trained seven days a week, something like that, and has kept that incredible, um, you know, training regimen for, for a very long time. Wow. Incredible. All right. Disciplined guy. And he's the best in the world. Speaking of uh, discipline and the best in the world, uh, let us bring on Ray Longo near the top of the show. <laughs> Ray, Ray. Saturday. There he Yay! is. Oh, he's got a haircut, too. Haircut. What's up, guys? Hi, Ray. You look a little somber today. Anything Anything I could do to bring you out of that? Or... Oh, man. I'm j I guess I'm just trying to listen to what maybe Kenny's a, saying. I, maybe a couple, of, a couple of fart jokes. Anything that could. <laughs> no, not inordinately. No. Uh, okay. 
No, not somber. No, no. Uh, ready to go. Good to see you uh, after a week off, my man. How's everything in your life? Very good. Very busy. Very good. Um, still don't know how to focus my phone, but that's good. That's all right. Yeah, it looks like you uh, you fit in a haircut since we last spoke. Looks like you're you're banging some cold brew here at uh, two thirty five yeah. p.m. Eastern on a Saturday. So uh, we were talking about grappling, and uh, I don't know if you watched any of the grappling as a jujitsu guy yourself, but uh, you know our guy Ken Flo, obviously front and center at the ADCC World Championships there in Vegas. Yeah, well, first of all, I wouldn't want to insult any jujitsu guys by saying I'm a jujitsu guy. That's, yeah, it's a joke. That's right, it's a joke. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a joke. We yeah, like to right. keep it. Right. We like to keep it real on the Annex Florian podcast. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know if if I'm a jujitsu guy. So is Steve Jenham. But, yeah, uh, but you're you're an OG jujitsu guy. Like you were training with the Gracies and all those yeah, guys yeah, way no, back no, in the day. No, I'm man. definitely old yeah. school. Yeah, I definitely yeah. was. I was back at a good period of time. It was, and it was a great period. That learning phase when everything was new, Kenny, come on, nothing was better than that, though. It, it was like you were learning uh, magic, right? It was like it really you learned, get, gaining superpowers that Just no one that, else had. And, yeah. and that was my thing is like, what a well put together system. I don't know if Helio's the guy responsible, man. They just, as a martial art, they did an outstanding job at that whole thing. Just it was, it was beautiful. That was, you know, and being an older guy at the time who was, you know, doing something new, you, you appreciated that for sure. I was joking about you being a jujitsu guy, Ray. Oh, okay. <laughs> I t- I listen, <laughs> don't make me come after you. Now, I tell you. <laughs> so, no, the don't. ADCC got my attention for more reasons than one. Certainly yes. when I see Gordon Ryan drawing these comparisons to uh, some of the most dominant athletes in sport and some suggesting that he is even that guy beyond some of the other guys like LeBron James or Tom Brady. It just, uh, it caught my attention. Then, you know, our guy Ken Flo in the goddamn smack dab in the middle of all of it. Great, yeah, yeah. great stuff there. Um, circling back to Corey Sandhagen real quick, if I could, I want to get to Jose yeah. Aldo and Aljamain Sterling. And of course, you know, the late great Elias Theodoro and, and a number of different directions to go with you today. Um, nice. But Corey Sandhagen, obviously, uh, you know, former Aljamain Sterling victim. Uh, did you see the main event against Song Yadong uh, about a week or so ago? Well, yeah, yeah, sort of. I thought Corey did a great job. I definitely didn't have it two-two going into the fifth. I, I thought, I really thought Corey was controlling that whole thing. So I, I don't know, but uh, that could be a. I, I'm not saying I was looking at it that closely, but you know, I what I was watching looked like he was in. You know, he he dictated where that fight was going most of the time. Kenny, it's interesting for me to see from afar how you, your contemporaries, other pro fighters talk about Corey Sandhagen, you know, as this guy who, you know, I just think potential wise is is championship level. And uh, I know obviously the Florian supporters come out anytime a guy gets opened up with an elbow. So what did you think of Corey Sandhagen? I was impressed. You know, uh, Corey is uh, a, a tremendous fighter. His footwork, his ability to get in and out. I, I think he was a little bit heavy on his lead leg a little bit. Um, you know, on his jab. So he was getting caught with some counters there. I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I think that he was throwing way more tools than uh, Song, uh, landing more shots. But the shots that Song w- was landing w- were pretty heavy shots that were kind of backing Corey up. So there were some 
I guess some scary moments. I don't know if it was like, you know, threatening to win the fight necessarily, but if he continued on that uh, trajectory, I think he, he could have uh, maybe found himself in trouble at times. But I agree with Ray that he was in control. Uh, I thought it was brilliant how he was mixing up those elbows from the short range, letting Song Yadong run into those uh, elbows, which I, I really appreciate. And there were a variety of elbows, you know, it was up elbows, horizontal elbows, you know, they, they were pretty. And, uh, again, just a reminder to everyone who doesn't use them, they are very, very effective and can mess someone up. Um, so it was cool to see someone throw elbows at the high level. Um, and I thought it was a great fight between two guys that are very technical, very tough. I thought Song Yadong's takedown uh, defense was very good. Corey was uh, showing a new wrinkle to his game, and, and I thought it was uh, really fast level changes. He just wasn't able to finish uh, those double legs. He wasn't you know, continuing that motion with his legs, but um, I, I think it was a nice uh, a, a nice showing for Corey to, sh to show that he is improving other aspects of his game and, and trying, and um, you know, still one of the best in that division, no question about it. Yeah, one more thing, John. I, I love what Kenny said. I agree with everything. I, I think with the takedowns, though, what I loved about that is, and I think he said it, but I know as it was going on, I was like, I don't even think he's looking for the takedown. He just wanted to threaten the takedown. I think that worked beautifully for him, kept that guy a little off, you know, killed from coming forward with big bombs. You know, I never saw Corey rocked or anything like that, but he did get hit a couple of times. But for the most part, it was him leading the dance. That's the way I looked at it. And I love the way he did go for those takedowns just to put the thought in uh, Song's, you know, brain so that he could move forward. The only criticism with Corey, I think he he's so talented and he could keep it really basic and mix up his attacks. Every so often he goes for those high percentage things, and I, I always think it gets him in trouble. I think it happened in a Dillashaw fight. Like, yeah, he had success with the knee with Frankie. I think he's he sticks to basics with his moving, switching stances, Mixing up those attacks, I think he's going to be hard to beat. And every so often, he goes for something, and I think it just creates another problem for him. That, that's what I'm seeing. But yeah. every, everything else is absolutely beautiful. And, and Ray, I, I, I used to love cutting people up with those elbows, but uh, Corey's nastier than me, man. You know why? Because I would never split your dung. Oh, hey, oh, got him! Got him! Yes! Oh shoot! Got him! Got him. Been at this I'm rubbing while. off. I think I'm rubbing yeah. off on you guys. Yeah. I know. I had to, I, that was for Ray, really. Yeah. 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 Ray, last yeah. thing I'll say: uh, as the coach of this division's undisputed champion, you got to like that Corey Sandhagen and Marlon Chito Vera seem to have already aligned, and it looks like potentially those two could fight. I just think it's nice for the promotion, for the fans, that you have a guy like Cheeto who is the most accomplished finisher in UFC Bantamweight history, who could be stubborn and maybe lay claim to a title fight, and instead he wants to fight this super dangerous guy. You know, Sanhagen, obviously the Dillashaw fight didn't go his way, but again, you just have guys who want to fight and want to, like, state their case. Sanhagen has an interesting case if Aljo's still the guy. Um, I don't know. I just like the fact that those two guys are uh, willing and able and are probably going to fight before uh, they get to your guy potentially, you know? Well more importantly, so many great fights in that division. I mean, those first Crazy. six or eight guys, you could mix, throw them in a hat, mix them up, and every fight is a great fight. So the fans win on that when the UFC wins. We all win. Gregory Rodriguez wins over Chidi and Jakawani by TKO. Not sure his wife wins. Um, <laughs> man, what a what an incredible, incredible performance and a super tough athlete. And that's home team for us, right? 
That's J.C. Santana. That's Institute of Human Performances, uh, Gregory Rodriguez. Ray, uh, man, that dude got split wide open, but he gets a win, a bonus, and uh, all the shine that comes with it. Hey, listen, having power isn't a bad thing. When you always have that in your back pocket, that could happen at any time. And this guy was really willing to walk through fire with that cut was brutal. Brutal. I don't even know what that – I don't even know what I was looking at. I saw huh. something. It could have been a bone. I, I, thought, I don't I know what it like is. A fish I still... oil capsule in there or something. I... I don't know what that thing was. Yeah. It was one of the worst places to get cut too. I mean, it was like it was like a one of those T cuts. It was like yeah. across his nose, up and down. It was like a perfect cross. It uh, looked nasty, man. It was bleeding all over the place, and luckily he was able to to come back from it. But man, I mean, wow. Yeah, if oh. he doesn't have one punch knockout power, that's a bad. That turns into a bad fight. But that guy's a terminator, yeah. man. That. He, he really won over a lot of fans with that, man. It was phenomenal. Absolutely I, phenomenal. I know that he was probably uh, stitched up shortly there. I'd like to talk to the plastic surgeon and see how he uh, <laughs> yeah. ends on rectifying that situation. But uh, yeah. all right, a few other things we want to get to here with Ray Longo. And again, appreciate you carving out a few minutes for us on a Saturday. We understand you're in high demand. How is yeah. Al Jermaine Sterling doing, by the way? Less than a month ago, you got the uh, you got the itinerary you could share with the audience for his fight on Eddie Hot Airwaves or what? I think he's coming. I think he's coming back today, but he's definitely putting the work in. He sends me sparring, and he's definitely sparring a lot. And he was, you know, he, he was on a sprint program, so I'm happy his cardio will be in place. And uh, I think he comes back today, so I'll know more next week for you. You know he's one of my favorite people, so I can say. A little bit quirky. He may not tell you exactly when he's coming back. All of a sudden, he just walk in the door, and it's like, oh, champ is here. <laughs> and he doesn't like called. to be called the champ. Speaking of quirky, Kemp, Aljamain Sterling, don't call him the champ. Don't call He doesn't him like champ. it, huh? He doesn't nope. like that? Nope. I, I like it. That means way. he's focused. He doesn't want to get, you know. No, he's like holding. It. He's holding for that, but he's the champ to all of us down here at the gym. So he could say, don't call him the champ. It ain't going to work because he is the champ. He earned it. He is. He can't be happier for a guy than him, man. He's definitely a great guy. Yeah, I learned the hard way uh, calling Aljo champ one too many times. Really? He got bit, he got nasty with you. Yeah, calf kick? I'm like, come on, man. Oh, wow. No, no, he, didn't <laughs> no. Kick, he didn't calf kick you, did he? He did not. That's bad. All right. Very bad. The king of Rio, Jose Aldo, stepping Ooh. away for all intents and purposes, ends his mixed martial arts career here. Pro debut in 2004. Started 7-0 in the UFC. The wins... Mark Hominick, our guy Ken Flo in his second UFC fight. Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, Chan Sung Jung, Ricardo Lamas, and then the rematch with Chad Mendez. Then he fights Conor McGregor at UFC 194, loses in 13 seconds. Fought 12 times thereafter, and I think that's where a big part of his appreciation comes in with MMA fans. Not necessarily that a big part of his legacy was built, but it is this tertiary phase of this incredible legacy. He goes 6-6 six and six after the McGregor fight. Uh, became the undisputed featherweight champ for a second time. That was courtesy of an interim title fight win over Frankie Edgar. He was later promoted. Uh, what else can you say? I'd like to start with Ken Flo if I could, because he fought the guy in 2011 in what was Kenny's retirement fight. Uh, Jose Aldo steps away and, uh, you know, his bank rolls fatter than mine. One of the best to ever do it, okay? Uh, when, when you look at um, the innovation that he brought into the game, game of mixed martial arts, the consistency. He was undefeated for like 10 years. Um, had the UFC belt for around six years. Um, you know, that level uh, of consistency uh, and the fact that, 
you know, he was a guy who didn't come from a, a wrestling background, yet was virtually impossible to take down. Uh, his physical gifts as a fighter, his speed, his explosiveness, um, you know, the, the, the fact that uh, you knew he was going to leg kick you and there was nothing you could do to stop it when he was in his prime. Um, the improvements in his boxing game and his footwork and his head movement. He was always evolving. He was always getting better. Uh, and I agree. I, I, I think that, unfortunately, for a lot of the fans who came into the game a little bit later, they didn't even see Jose Aldo in his prime, but still appreciate the fact that here was a guy that, when I was fighting him, had trouble getting down to 145 pounds, cut down to 135 pounds, and still was extremely effective. Um, I think that you know, in that last fight against Marab, I think it was both Marab, right? You have to give credit to Marab what he, to what he was able to do uh, to Jose Aldo, but also um, perhaps, I don't know, maybe a slight deterioration in Jose Aldo's maybe skills, maybe it was age, and maybe it was some of the mental stuff where, you know, I think a younger Jose Aldo would have been more active. Um, and I think, you know, and we saw it, you know, he, he's not in his prime anymore, but he's done everything there is to do in this game. Uh, and I think he's getting out at the right time. I, I retired at 36 years old. He achieved way more than I did, uh, becoming one of the greatest champions that I've ever seen fight. I, I just feel honored that I had the opportunity to fight him, learn uh, from a, a great champion like him. And um, I, unfortunately, I still think that he's going to be the kind of fighter that we only appreciate further on down the line as we look back uh, at his career. I, I think he's that good, and I still think he's underrated as a fighter. Yeah, really, really well said. I would say that the key for me, too, is what Kenny said. Not only did he have trouble making 45, then he's, it just goes to show you how disciplined he is. Because at a later age, to go down in weight is even crazier. But he did it. He had success. And I agree with uh, Kenny. Look, even when Marab fought him, we were catching Aldo at the right time, right? Even though he was on win streaks, he was standing up with everybody. He's very comfortable. The guy's boxing is incredible. Marab's a different cat. He's going to push you to different levels. And if you don't have the cardio, which when you're making that weight, you know, when he's able to control the dance, he could do that all day long. But with Marab, it was a different thing it was a different energy output i just think he couldn't do both right if marab chose to stand up with him and never go for a takedown obviously it would have been a different fight but marab put the fight where he wanted it jose couldn't do anything about it and again there's a, a variety of reasons but it does not take away from the guy's legacy at one bit this is a guy that like again i i, I love good boxing and strong leg kicks i think that's a prerequisite to everything and he had it he almost was like a mini uh if you go way back, like a mini Marco Huas, right? You know what I mean? He had decent boxing. Marco, he had the big heavy leg kicks. Jose, man, his boxing got better. That's another thing. Not only did he make the weight, I really think his boxing improved, which to get an athlete at that age to change a little bit is not easy. So hats off to Jose Aldo. I mean, go back, look at his highlight reel. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I think he's an inspiration for everybody who's come from nothing to achieve something, you know. Uh, we call it the American dream here. I'm, I'm sure he's well off and uh, hopefully he's living really well in Brazil. But this is a guy, man, come on. Kenny fought the guy in 2011. That's insane to me. Yeah, That's insane. And the guy started in 2004. And just to have that longevity is, is incredible. So there's so many, so many things you could point out with Jose Aldo. But 
I, I tell you, the, the fact that cutting to 35 at a later age and being successful when you've been through some tough times, super impressive. He Definitely made wholesale lifestyle changes, right? And it really is about discipline. You know, like 100%. if Hamzat Chimaev was hell-bent on becoming the undisputed UFC welterweight champion, he could live the lifestyle of a welterweight 24-7, 365, and I think he could get there. But, yes, there was a late focus in Jose Aldo's career, undeniably on boxing, did parts of three training camps with the Olympic boxing team there in Brazil. And, um, you know, obviously when he set his mind to improving that, part of his game you know he did so uh to the nth degree certainly one of the greatest brazilian fighters of all time if not uh. the singular most accomplished brazilian mixed martial arts athlete of all time and i don't even know how you quantify his greatness I, you know it's a hard thing to do right it's very rare to have a division where you have three guys who can lay claim to be in the greatest featherweight of all time you don't really have that problem at bantamweight you know tj dillashaw's legacy has a little bit of an issue Right. There aren't that many people challenging Dominic Cruz as the greatest bantamweight of all time, at least in terms of the consensus. Right. I would actually submit to you that Aljamain Sterling is closing the distance at 35, but 45, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky, you can go in any number of different directions. But in terms of what Kenny was saying about Jose Aldo's big picture greatness, like history is going to look back very fondly upon this guy. And I think that might actually be better for him. I think he'll probably headline the UFC's class of, uh, 2023 in the UFC Hall of Fame, and uh, we just wanted to carve out a few minutes. And Ken Flo won round one, by the way. Can you imagine how anxious I was after Ken Flo won round one? Like, let's go, Ken But, Flo. but, but again, I will say, look, I'm going to no, say go it a hundred. I'm going to say it a hundred times over again. Kenny fought Jose Aldo when he was Jose Aldo, and a well, lot of Kenny's guys just not a, a featherweight. Can't I say mean, that in the last three or four years, they can't. Thank that you, guy man. was a wrecking machine when Kenny fought him. Kenny's just not a featherweight. Like Kenny won the first round. He walks back to his stool and he's just like, you know, in his head. He's like, man, you know, how are we going to do this for five rounds? Um, All right. uh, A few other headlines uh, before we let you go. Did you guys see on Dana White's contender series, this Raul Rosas Jr. getting to the UFC at 17 years of age, Kenny? I hope I'm getting his name right. I didn't see it. Rosas, Uh, right? Rosas, is that? 17 years of age and looks... Oh, looks ready to go, huh? Crazy. Again, you know, when you see that, uh, that age, right. And everyone was talking about, I was like, Oh, I got to check this out. And and it happened to be on YouTube or whatever. So I watched it. Uh, I was really impressed with just his maturity, his aggressiveness, his confidence heading into that fight, um, at 17 years old against another dude at a bunch of fights. Um, he's something, man. He's going to be something. There's no question about that. I was really impressed with the, you know, his, his grappling, uh, that he was making some mistakes over and over again, but you know, other than that, a kid at 17 years old, there is so much potential. Uh, if I was the UFC, I would have locked him up as well. So I think he's going to do big things to see again, to go from ADCC to see guys like the Rotolo brothers at 19 years old, Mika Gavao, 18 years old, compete like true veterans in jujitsu. And then to see a 17 year old. Do oh. that in mixed martial arts? It's mind-blowing. Like, I was a complete idiot at 17 years old. I was a complete idiot at 25 years old, let alone 27, 17, I was going to say. I mean, yeah, exactly. Kenny, let, let's be honest. I'm a complete idiot at 64. <laughs> it, it, it never ends. It, it, it never ends. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. the dedication that this kid had, again, he didn't just turn around. Like, you don't see a kid perform like that, and he's, you know, been dedicating himself for the last six months. He had to have been doing this since he was – 
you know, before he was even a teenager, he had that focus, that vision of wanting to be a professional mixed martial artist and fight at the highest levels. You don't see that every day. 17 years old, dude. Unbelievable. Yeah. I look, I think 17 is the key. I uh, technically, first off, you could tell he's a fighter. He looks like a fighter. He actually reminds me, you guys probably don't remember him, Salvador Sanchez. He, he died at like 20, youngest, probably unbelievable like, boxer unbelievable. from Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of looks, looks like him. He's got the, the, the hair and the, the nose. And Salvador you know, Sanchez just had the had more of like a fro, right? He yeah, had like yeah, the, yeah. Back yeah, in that hair. Time, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I would have, I would have did a developmental not even but just wait i think wait a little bit i don't want to see the kid get burnt out at at 17 i think the way he spoke you could see his mind is still developing and you know he he's right where he wants to be but i i wouldn't rush this kid at all and i i i think that they'll be careful when they match him up but i definitely wouldn't rush him i don't think he's ready for that but he is you know you give this kid a year or two who the hell knows what's going to happen? That, you know what I mean? That's an but, extremely important point that Ray. Yeah, I just Absolutely. think mentally, I, that's a that's a lot. You know what I mean? And I think he's right where he wants to be. If he would have, if he would have went out and smoked that guy in the first round, I would think a little different. But like Kenny said, there were a couple of mistakes made, which is understandable. Again, you got to go back to the kid seventeen. He's incredible, but you know he's he is talking about submitting people in the UFC. Couldn't submit a guy that wasn't in the UFC. You know, so that's why I say where the the emotional maturity has to come in. We know I, you could look at that kid and tell he's a fighter. There's no question about it. The key is not to rush him too much. I think, and that's yeah. You got to remember in boxing, they'd be giving him feeder fights and they build him up. By the time he's twenty, he's ready to go crazy, right? But yeah. if they rush this guy too much and give him bad fights, I think it'll be something that won't be good. You know, he'll become like a journeyman really quick. So I hope they do the right thing. But you could definitely see the kid's got talent. He's young. He's definitely like, again, if anybody looks like a fighter, it's that guy. So I wish him the best, but I hope he doesn't get rushed too much because, you know, sometimes you're a little excited and, you know, you don't want anybody using that excitement to your disadvantage. Sure. No, I think that's well put. It's a big roster. And I think in, terms of the matchmaking they'll uh they'll handle him well yes and i would I, also I say so. promotionally like if he gets a developmental deal he's certainly not getting any air on the anakin florian podcast of that i can assure you so uh no, contract gets a little time. About him, that's think, not true how many times have we talked about the contender series <laughs> during the Ray long what, what well, you think i'm barking i'm wearing your fucking logo today my man <laughs> i told you you were in a cranky mood this morning uh, why, why the hostility? What's going no, on? I, no, no, everything. I know good. you well enough to know. Everything's is it good. Saturday afternoon is that what? That's not at all. Doing? Not at this all. This might be the first Saturday show in the history of the podcast. Not at all. No. If we were doing the show on Sunday, maybe I would be. Uh, you know, because of the NFL. No, we're good. We're good. Hey, do you think Kenny dyes his beard? Yes or no? Gosh. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say he dyes his beard. How could he not? Right, but he doesn't. Isn't that amazing? Because I, I, I know if I get any grays, it's in my beard most of the time. So that's the reason I'm saying that. Because I mean, it looks great, white. though, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, it is. See, my, okay. my dad my dad didn't get, like, gray hair t- probably till he was, like, late 50s, something like that. You know, look at Ray. Ray barely has any gray hair. I'll tell you, my, father had, my father had jet black hair until he in his 60s. He had a couple of stragglers yeah. in there. But, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm chalking that up to my Italian blood. See? There you go. That's yeah. what I love about that olive yeah. oil. 
Exactly. I mean, Kempflo can can keep some things close to the vest, but that would not be something that he would need to lie to the audience about. Yeah. Or, oh, I would. Uh, tell, I would tell you. I, I would be ashamed. Like, Look yeah, I died. My unbelievable. beer. First unbelievable. time I died. First time I died is here. I'll announce it on the show. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Man. Before Red we let therapy. you go, Red lights every day. Do it. I know. I yes. That could be the Bitcoin, trick. Bitcoin, and red lights. You're, you're set for life. <laughs> See, that's the Jeez, problem. That right Bitcoin, there. that Bitcoin's taking a beating. <laughs> yeah, it is. Bitcoin's it fine. Is. It's fine. It's over nineteen. Long grand. term, long term, relax. It's a long term play, honey. Yes. Honey, <laughs> it's a <laughs> long term play. Yes. I tell you, Kenny. Enough. Kenny, some Kenny, something's up with him today. Trust me. It's gonna come <laughs> out. The audience sooner thinks I'm on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> na, 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 na. And you want to ride on cocaine. What is going on? No, I actually, I guess I, this would probably be a good time to tell this audience that uh, I went out to dinner with my wife's family very early on. And I guess I was doing this a lot with my nose. If you're just listening, like rubbing my wow. nose. I've never done cocaine in my life. You know why? Because I bet it's amazing, right? I bet it's amazing. <laughs> I bet I would love it. Bet I would love it. Right, oh, you guys bro, he's, he's on something. It doesn't have to be something. Cocaine. How about propane? Adderall? How about I, Adderall? <laughs> do you, do you take any Adderall? Oh, would you, you have any? Something? I need some. I actually you don't. Crush, well, how about this? Did you crush up an Adderall in your coffee today? Because you're, <laughs> you're out of control. Oh, that sounds Kenny, amazing. Seen, Kenny, I've seen addiction in many faces. And this <laughs> yeah, is exactly. one of them. And this is one of them right here. The first step is admitting you have a problem. Yeah. First, first step is taking amazing. off your hat. First step is taking off your hat in the middle of a podcast. That's the first <laughs> sign I noticed. Why'd the hat come off? Uh, I took John, it off to John highlight how energy. white my beard is relative to the hair on my head. But I guess there's very little of that because I shaved it recently. So it didn't work, you know? <laughs> Riding me hard New York today, huh? Yes. I mean, yeah. we, I just start throwing it back in your direction. But uh, we're sober for the telecast today. Incidentally, we wow. really are. Um, so, uh why don't we you do know, a drunk I, podcast one day? We all just do like a start good. doing shots during the middle. Of I, the I think I owe I think I owe someone at least like two shoeys or something. So yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. sure John does at some point. Ray, oh, we do. You drunk we for do. no reason. Yeah, we should do one. Now Maybe that I think about it, Cinco de Mayo or something. Yeah. I drank last yeah. night more than I usually do. See, I, I knew it was something. Kenny, here it comes, Kenny. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I think you. that might be it. You know, okay. I actually, at one point, I don't drink wine. I grabbed a, a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and started drinking it from the bottle. So maybe yeah. there is a residual thing going on here today. Yeah, no, no, John, you're perfectly within your uh, scope. Wrath you're, of you're, grapes. Your your mother-in-law can do that to you. You started reaching for anything with alcohol in it. <laughs> Probably a bad time to tell you that today's <laughs> podcast is brought to you in part by UFC Fight Pass, right? <laughs> Uh, Before we go, well, no, before we go, and I'm going to get a little bit serious on you, and then we'll end on a lighter note. Um, Elias Theodoro was somebody who crossed your wake repeatedly throughout his UFC career. And Mm -hmm. one one thing that Ray and I have talked about privately as we all get older uh, is that you lose people and it happens more frequently. Now, in this case, Elias was only 34 years of age and you know, it's just, it's hard because life goes on. And when the three of us pass, life goes on. And, you know, so I, it's almost like a blessing, I guess, in disguise that we didn't have a podcast last week so that when maybe people stop talking about this kid, even though we did talk about it two weeks ago, um, 
that people are still talking about Elias Theodoro because he was a great, great man. And um, I just wanted you to have a minute, you know, at least to this audience to share your thoughts on uh, Elias Theodoro. Yeah, you know, I got the news right before we went on that time. So I didn't say anything because I didn't know, you know, first of all, I didn't verify anything, you know, that type of stuff. You don't want to make that mistake. But, you know, like, again, we did talk about that. Like, as you know, when you get older and even your parents get older, there's that circle of life. You you can accept it a little more when somebody's 85 or 90 and they had a great run and, you know, it's just the way things are. But when you see a, a kid is vibrant and is good looking, the, the long flowing hair, I mean, just 30, it's just too young. Guy was one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, I think Heidi Dean said, I mean, he was like Aladdin or the, the guy from, you know, he, he was that swashbuckler from the 20s. I mean, just a great guy. You could see he loved life, too. He was, he, you know, somebody sent me a picture. We, we, I, one of the times he was here, we took him out to a restaurant. And, uh, man, he had a buddy. I think his name is Lachlan. The guy's a brilliant guy, just a, one of the smartest kids I ever met. But, you know, these guys, the Canadians are just nice people. And, and, and Elias really fit that mold. I can't, you know, say anything, but. Yeah, I just it I just got it really just bothered me. It's just it, I I hope his family, I hope everybody's, you know, come to grips with whatever they had to deal with. But uh, you know, the funniest thing, the funniest stories I could tell you is that the first time he was here, I remember he gets a package. Oh, I go, what's this? He goes, uh, no, it's from one of my sponsors. Cause I think he was living here for not not a while, but maybe staying a month or two, whatever. He opens up the thing, it's it's like 80 bottles of Kurt shampoo. <laughs> Oh this is, yeah, of course I go, this it was. Is it. This is what I'm getting. A bottle of perch <laughs> shampoo. I love it. But that that's that was Elias, man. I tell you, that was one of his sponsors, and he had the hair to back it up. So rest in peace, buddy. Man, he's just a nice guy. Unfortunately, it was a short time, but um, you know. Yeah. Well, and I still use Pert Plus. I was actually trying to push it on my daughter last night. You know. Oh wow, maybe the original two in one. And it yeah. still works Unbelievable. Just not for her hair necessarily with that conditioner. <laughs> well, I will say the annual AFPA awards, the Anakin Florian podcast awards for better or for worse, certainly for worse, but have given us a chance to sort of memorialize some people, Adam snacks, Geller. So we are the only show in the MMA stratosphere that gives out an annual hottest MMA male fighter award to the most attractive male fighter on the roster. Now we've been doing this for a long time. And that is now the Elias Theodoro Hottest Male Fighter Award. And, and I, you know, and I, and he I, would be honored with that distinction because he was vain and he yeah. was very attractive. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, another funny story. I took Mizuki to Invicta and he was there. He was the round card boy in, in Invicta. Which the ring boy, but, yes. You know, when, when he came over to say hello, I saw Mizuki like looking at him like her eyes were like, you know, it was like McDreaming. You know what I mean? It was yeah. uh, I go, but Mizuki, I mean, I never saw her have any emotion with anything. He even <laughs> melted Mizuki down. It was crazy. That's hilarious. But um, That's hilarious. just a great guy who embraced, who embraced being good looking, you know. That so. should be the caption for the show. He even melted Mizuki down. I mean, that's oh, it. Man. That's the best I line of the show like, right there. I saw like awesome. somebody shot Cupid's arrow into a head. Just walking around. I go, wow. Wow, you wouldn't get guy, on the magic carpet good. with go, that fucking good. guy, you know? Yeah. He's good. Uh, 
All right. So, uh, well, hopefully Aljo shows up uh, on the East Coast and you guys get to Abu Dhabi safely. And uh, I look forward to shaking your hand here in about a month's time. We got a big one. Aljo and TJ Dillashaw. I have some strong opinions on this fight that I'll keep to myself until after the fight. Yeah, please don't be confrontational until after the fight. I have to focus. (laughs) With who? With you? Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, I know. worry about now me. I know you. You're trying to get you? me to fight Steve Lee. Listen, You're not worried about I know, me. I know. I know what it man. You, this guy. He, you see, like, see how he takes everything <laughs> in an internalized. I already forgot about that. He's he's going to harbor that for the rest of oh, his yeah. life. But listen, it's understandable. You were out with your in-laws, and you couldn't get enough alcohol in you. We've all been there. It's all good. <laughs> all right. It's all right. good. But that's yeah. that's what's affecting the show today. Yeah, well, hopefully for the positive. People have been waiting a long time for this 366th iteration of the program. So uh, we're going to let you get back to your Saturday, though, Ray. We appreciate your time. All right. uh, One last thing, John. I got fights tonight at the Space in Westbury. Anybody listening out there, come down. Great MMA action going on. We have Austin, Humble Halleck, and Big Mike Curio fighting. So we got a couple of good fights. I had a girl who's phenomenal, Mia. In Zarello fighting, but her fight got canceled, so I'm disappointed about that. But the other two guys are two of the nicest guys and most talented guys you'll ever meet. I got one guy's a mini Kane Velasquez, not a mini, he might be oh, wow. Velasquez. And uh, Austin's there, yeah, they're both undefeated and they're both gonna have great careers coming up in the future. So shout out to those guys, and uh, we're gonna have a big night tonight. Big right, celebration. Right, man. Tonight. Wish you uh, all the best with it. If you are listening live on uh, on 107.3, uh, you can see those fights tonight at the Mirage. No, you're acting like we're live on the radio or something. And people, hey, if you're out there listening, you know, you can see fucking Joey Hurley fighting tonight under the lights. <laughs> Kenny, I swear. I swear. Wait a minute. Are you telling me this show's not oh. live? <laughs> are you telling me this isn't live? Tell live, me to my to face. Tape. live to tape. It's <laughs> live to tape. All this, all this time I thought the fucking show was live. <laughs> Some of them happen. This one is not. Come on, Thank goodness. <laughs> hey, have a great God, day and a better evening. Good. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Take it easy, guys. There there 107.3, John. That's WAAF yeah. in Boston. Uh, all right. Oh, that's good stuff. WAAF, that I, yeah. No John, longer you got in, that uh... last shot in. I, I give you the round for sure on that. Thank one. you. That I appreciate good. that. Yeah. that was good. I don't know that Longo wants to engage with me verbally. Comes on the program. I don't know if he's in the back, but immediately he's like, you're somber today. Am I somber now? <laughs> Today's episode brought to you in part by UFC Fight Pass. Get the best they have to offer on the Fight Pass 24-7 stream, offering a constant channel of historic fight action all day, all night. Tune in, sit back, and enjoy a network created by fans for fans. Step into our world, UFCFightPass.com. I'd encourage you to watch Jose Aldo, Kenny Florin, UFC 136, I believe, and uh, see what you think about that round one. I actually thought it might have been 2-1 Kenflo after three. Uh, but I'm not the most objective party. All right, Brian Petrie coming up in about a minute. Before we do that, we are going to get to the pronunciation of the week because the UFC has a live event coming up Saturday, October 1st from the old Apex UFC fight night, Dern versus Jan McKenzie Dern and Jan Shaunan, your strawweight main event. Uh, and we welcome on our producer, producer to the stars, Cody Merrow. How'd you like the Ray Longo minute today, Cody? How the fuck do I follow that, huh? Yeah. I mean... I don't know. Gee, I was just crying, laughing. I had to give myself a huff count to prepare to get on the show after that. I mean, normally I would have to apologize to Petrie, who's been waiting a quarter of an hour, but I think he probably enjoyed being the only one who got to see that live. Maybe not. I don't even know if Ray was kidding. That's the best part. 
All right, let us get to the pronunciation of the week, and you'll join us, of course, at the end of the show for uh, the Marrow Seconds to clean up anything we miss. So uh, we got a couple files to play today. This fighter kicks off the main card. He will do so against the returning Mike Davis in the lightweight division. Who am I talking about, Cody? Vecheslav Borshev. Well, that sure as fuck ain't it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's hear the file. See, I, Ray just like set me up for failure here. Vyacheslav Barshov. Vyacheslav Barshov. Yeah, that's a tough one. Pretty close. Vyacheslav Barshov. Yeah. Well, horseshoes and hand grenades, huh? It doesn't look like it. It looks like Vyacheslav, which I think he kind of says, but uh, Barshov is what we're going with. Yeah, Kenflo got it. Uh, Cody, we got one other file. Now, this is a lightweight from Brazil, nicknamed Neto BJJ. He fights Jesse Ronson. And this is one I want to play for the masses because every time we call a fight involving this guy, the pronunciation police is out. So uh, would you would you uh, kindly give us a shot? Give give us your take and then uh, play the file, if you will. Yeah, isn't this one Joe Kim Silva? It's not Joe Kim, uh, but that's close. So no. <laughs> Let's hear what he, what he says. Joaquim Silva, Neto BJJ. Just like Joaquim João. Silva Joaquim. Neto BJJ Can't flow That's exactly what I thought I said just like João Zeferino Right? Yeah Yeah it's exactly. Just like that Ken yeah. also so, just got off of ADCC Where that was like It's true That's every other yeah. word That's like hearing the word like in LA <laughs> it, it is It is I actually went to Dominic Cruz's house uh, a couple days ago when I was in Vegas and I ran into a couple guys who lived with Kenfo like 20 years ago in Brazil. Their names really? are really right now. We can talk about that off the air. Oh, wow. Um, okay, cool. A couple of fine individuals. Um, all right. We got some predictions to make, and I think I have six uh, for these guys to give for you today. So let us get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And the time is most definitely Florian. I finished fight. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. And for this very exercise, we call on Big Gun Brian. Hey, your patience today, sir. Hey, listen, that uh, you bodied Ray. I'm a long oh, guy. He got him. He you, got him. At you the bodied end. Ray at the end with the live radio <laughs> because, like Cody said. I don't know if he knows it's law. I don't know. It's very I, yeah, well. I'm laughing. It was it was 10-8, Johnny. And I love it. I mean, we're all fathers in here, right? I mean, yes. who started it, right? I mean, this dude's riding me from moment one. It's nice to see yeah. you for the first time in two weeks, Ray. And he's like, You look somber today. Okay. <laughs> That's the tone setter. Okay. That's Ray, man. So uh, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. Doing well, boys. Doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing good. So it's UFC yeah. Fight Night Dern versus Yan and Sometimes we have a prelim fight that, to me, just has relevance, maybe more so than some other main card selections. So we're sure. going to begin with this fight at middleweight between a couple guys who I think are on the cusp of the top 15. Uh, Christoph Jotko, minus 135. Brendan Allen, plus 115. Both have won two straight. Brendan Allen, born in 1995. It's crazy how young this guy still is, Brian Petrie. Uh, what do you have for us on Jotko and Allen? Short price on either side, depending on... Uh, if you're strongly inclined on Jocko or Allen. Yeah, I'm back on fading my Jocko shit. I went heavy on Jared Merskar last time out. This guy just, you know what it is, is he plays it safe and he squeaks out decisions. And I guess I don't like that style or I'm not willing to 
they'll, they'll rely money on a decision win or whatever. He's not really a finisher, but Brendan Allen, young kid, big kid for the vision. He's confident. He's aggressive. He's going to push a pace. He's good everywhere. Uh, Jocko's got that weird karate style. His takedown defense looks pretty good, but I think Brendan Allen just using the size and aggression and not playing this pace game. And you're giving me plus money. Add it to my card. I like Brendan Allen just for the sake of it. Let's go. Let's go sub. I like Allen by sub. Can't flow Jocko, Brendan Allen. Which way are you going, kid? Oh, Ken flows on mute. Ah, sorry. There he All is. Right. I'm going with I'm going with Jocko here. I, I think that Brendan um is aggressive, and that's what can get him caught here against Jocko. Um, you know, Brendan's just too inconsistent for me to kind of rely on. That that's the big problem on, on for me on Brendan is he's got a ton of potential, he's got a ton of talent, he's got a ton of skills, uh, but sometimes, you know, uh strategy-wise. Um, you know, he leaves some there to be desired. So I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jocko just because he's very consistent. I don't think he's as skilled as Brendan Allen. I don't think he's as talented as Brendan Allen, but I think he's more consistent. And I see him squeaking out another classic Jocko decision. All right. Next fight for us at heavyweight. And this is the featured prelim. And we're picking this for more reasons than one. Alir Latifi minus 180. Alexi Olenek plus 155. Fight was initially to go down in Columbus, Ohio, back in March in front of the watchful eyes of one Brian Petrie. Latifi withdrew due to illness day of the event. Fight was rebooked two weeks later, UFC 273 in Jacksonville. Latifi forced to withdraw again. Correct me if I'm wrong, BP, if Olenek yeah. like, does this again at 57 yeah. years old, you're shaving your head. Is that what we got going yeah. on or what? Yeah, I, yeah. so I made this back a bet back uh, in March when we picked this fight. Initially. I was all over Latifi, right? Now, after seeing Olenek go in there with Vanderra and get the shit kicked out of him, and then with like a minute left, pull the guy's fucking head off his shoulders. I'm like, well, uh, let me throw, let me throw uh, a pause here. But Latifi's been out for a little bit, but I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a man of my word. My wife actually wanted to cut my hair yesterday. I said, let's hold off on that because I might just need to be shaving this whole fucking thing off. Yeah. So, man, of my word, I'm back in Latifi. Minus 180 is something I'm not jumping over, you know, jumping over through hoops for right now. But I'm a man of war. I'm going to do the shave the head of Olenek wins. I'll, I'll take the hair off. Um, and as far as the fight goes, I do like Latifi. I do think he's a good wrestler. I think he can stay safe. But fucking Alexi Olenek, man, you can't. He's like the hardest guy to cap. I mean, literally, if you just want to be feeling a little frisky, throw like a 25 spot on him winning by submission. You can get some extra cash there. But my official pick is going to be Latifi. Oh, Lennox is a scary guy. He was in the back after doing what he did to Jared Vandera, explaining it to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, Jared Vandera. Like, oh, Lennox trying to give somebody a dirt nap in there. You know, I was like, careful, <laughs> man. Uh, Ken Flo, what do you have for uh, for this fight? Alir Latifi, about a two-to-one favorite here uh, against the ageless Alexi Olenek. If Olenek gets an Ezekiel choke, BP, is, is that like a yeah. tattoo bet? Are we upping the ante sure. a little bit? Ooh, there, I, there you go. All right, there we I'm, go. I'm working on a sleeve, so I'm not afraid of tattoos, babe. What Let's, go, yeah. Balls on the neck. John keeps throwing out tattoos on his okay. neck. That's balls. My mom would kill <laughs> me, but yeah, we'll do a tattoo <laughs> bet. Sure. <laughs> Olenek just across. Olenek right across the throat. Uh, That'll go over well. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I think Olenek uh, is is always dangerous, right? But I, I think this is a good matchup for Latifi. I think he'll find a way to kind of keep it on the feet. He's got big power. Um, you know, Olenek has always kind of struggled a little bit on the feet. So uh, let's go with Latifi as well. 40-yard dash, Alexi Olenek, Roxanne Modafferi, and me. I win it going away. <laughs> yeah. No, What, that, what do you think backwards. about the two of them head-to-head? Roxanne Modafferi, Alexi Olenek, 40-yard dash. 
I'm gonna we go. I'm gonna on. go. You know, I love Roxy. I'm gonna go Olenek. You know, I'm not. You know, I think Rock. I gotta see how Roxy runs because I think Olenek is just a head down. I'm gonna run and he just doesn't stop. So yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Olenek beating beating her on the forty. All right, uh, maybe that'll be the poll question of the week. Maybe not actually, <laughs> Cody. Let's not do that. Uh, all right, at bantamweight. <laughs> Nice main card showcase here for a couple of sort of lesser known guys. John Castaneda, modest 210. Daniel Santos is plus 180. Castaneda, I was looking at it earlier today, pretty tough schedule throughout his MMA career. He's won two in a row now, uh, both in the UFC and, and draw Santos, who fought his UFC debut back in April and dropped it by decision to, uh, to the talented Julio Arce, who fought pretty well that night. Brian Petrie, yes. Daniel Santos, John Castaneda, who do you like? Man, the sexy Mexi Castaneda. That's a beautiful nickname right there. Good. And listen, he looked pretty sexy in that Miles John fight. Miles John's a solid grappler, and you got him out of there. I really like that. I think this kid's boxing is good. He's tough. He's got a wealth of experience um, being 30 years old. He's actually got two out of his five losses, two of them by a guy named Matt Brown, not the immortal, which is pretty funny. I love when these guys have these weird records like that. And Santos got kind of fed to the wolves a little bit. Julio Arce is, is established guy in the UFC, and you know, Santos is good, but he's flashy. And sometimes these flashy guys that like to spin a lot, they slow down. And I like the steadiness of Castaneda. I like just the the constant pressures he could do. And I think he went everywhere. Although I do think Santos is very tough. He's never been finished. Uh, I like the over in this fight, but my pick is going to be Castaneda by decision. Ken Flo, I've never seen Castaneda fight live. Excited to do so here in a week or so. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Castaneda, the favorite. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if he's like anglicizing his last name, Castaneda, or it's Castaneda or not. But uh, anyways, I, I like him too, man. I, I think uh, I think he beats Santos. Um, I, I think his wrestling background is going to certainly help him there. Uh, and I just think he's a little bit more consistent. Santos is dangerous, and, and that's the kind of, you know, BP uh, alluded to it uh, very well. Uh, those spinning back kicks are dangerous. You know, those wheel kicks you got to watch out for. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like Castaneda here as well. Well, I can't. Here's the file. Let's see. What does he say? Castaneda. Oh, he Castaneda. He anglicizes it. Okay. Castaneda. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Moving on now. Same division. Howney Barcelos. Minus 215. Trevin Five Star Jones. Plus 185. Barcelos, a name that sort of resonates, I think, with a lot of UFC fans. He started 5-0. and in the octagon since though he's dropped two in a row. Trevin Jones, also a hot starter in the big show BP before falling back a little bit. He's lost his last two as well. Something's got to give. Which way are you going on this one? Yeah, I used to think Barcelos was a dark horse in this division, but he's dropped two in the last one against a short notice newcomer, and he's 35 now. You know, it's like I think he's got all the skills in the world. He's a little inconsistent, doesn't fight a whole lot. Um, I think maybe the title's out of his reach, but I do think this is a good fight because Trevin Jones – Five star Jones, excuse me, great nickname as well. Um, he's is. terrible, good cardio, can flatline you. But the problem is he starts so slow and then he relies on that power as the fight goes on. I think of a guy like Barcelos, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's it leaps and bounds better everywhere if he mixes everything up, unless he wants to go out there and try to prove something coming off a two fight skid. I don't see that happen. I see him being smart here. I like him by decision. Uh, but if you're feeling frisky, you can take Jones by Kale, which I'm sure is going to be a gorgeous plus number because um, he does have that one-hitter quitter. And you're right. Five stars, a great nickname. Uh, gives an announcer a lot with which to work. Ken Flo, Trevin yeah. Jones, Howney, Barcelos, which way are you going? 
Yeah, I, I think that Barcelos is a little bit better everywhere than Trevin. Um, you know, I, I do think uh, Trevin has more power, in, in, particularly in his punches. Uh, but I, I, I think where Trevin is going to struggle, I think is with the speed, um, you know, cutting off the cage early, you know, getting off to a good start. I think that's where Barcelos can kind of run away from. However, Trevin's fighting him at a good time, you know, where Barcelos is probably a little bit low on confidence, certainly lower than he was when he started. Um, but we're seeing a little bit of a decline in Barcelos's game a little bit. Um, certainly was a surprise him dropping, uh, you know, those last two. Um, but I, I still like the Brazilian here. All right, co-main event in the welterweight division. Randy Brown, modest 285, Francisco Trinaldo, plus 240. 26th UFC fight for Masaranduba. He's won two in a row. He has 18 UFC wins overall. Uh, rude boy surging on the other side, three straight wins BP, last of which came against the talented Chaos Williams uh, at UFC 274. Randy Brown, big favorite here against Trinaldo. How do you see it playing out? I've been waiting all day to talk about Rude Boy. This is my guy right now. He's in the pocket. And I usually don't get excited about guys who are coming off two decision wins, one a split. But he is leaps and bounds better in his improvement. He can talk a little bit. He's got swagger in there. He, like, yeah. destroyed his toe in that one fight, but then just kept fighting. Chin has always been a little bit questioned, but he's kind of put that aside. I mean, he got rocked in the chaos fight, recovered well, and he's fucking massive. I mean, I know he's got skinny legs, but he's massive for 170 pounds. Um, and Andrew Trinaldo, here's my guy who I think he's a dead ringer from the dad from Friday. I think he looks exactly like Yak <laughs> from the dad from Friday, who I believe has passed away. So RIP. This he, guy he did, says yeah. he's 40. He says he's 44. I think he's 64, but it doesn't matter because he's nails, right? Goes out there, fights at 185 on the Brazilian Ultimate Fighter 20 years ago, fights at 185. Now he's at 170. Um, and he's just durable. He's tough. He's gritty. He hits hard. Uh, but the thing is, is, you know, the, the guys he's fought at 170 are a little bit lower competition. I think this is a big step up. I was actually surprised Randy got this fight. I thought Randy maybe deserved a bigger name, uh, not disrespecting Trinaldo or whatever. He's obviously a legend in the UFC with, with John just laid out. But, you know, at 170, I just don't think that's the biggest name in the world. Um, but I love Randy Brown here. I know Trinaldo is, is Burmy in the past, but I'll pay three to one. I think Rubo has styles on him. I think this is a really good parlay piece. Um, for anyone out there looking for a parlay, if they want to pay that big number. So uh, give me root boy. I'm going to start challenging these fighters to these 40 yard dashes. I think Kenny, I think maybe Trinaldo <laughs> would be the first one. Um, I think that'd be competitive you got him. me and him. I think you got, him, I don't want to be the I favorite. I don't want to be the favorite. Like I'd be favored against Olenek or Montefiore, right? Give me Trinaldo. Sure, sure. Kenny, get the what do you money. have for us on the co-main event before I get fired, please? Oh gosh. <laughs> My knee hurts just thinking about 40 yard dashes. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm with BP. I'm a Randy Brown fan as well. Um, I think his length in particular is going to be a problem because he knows how to jab because he knows how to use his long range weapons now. And, you know, just, Seeing his composure in his last few fights, he's on a three-fight win streak now. Uh, Trinaldo is tough, always going to move forward. He's on a little win streak as well, but uh, I think so, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, Trinaldo, he's got big-time power. He can definitely knock uh, out anybody in that division. Um, but I think Randy uh, is fighting him at the right time. And and I actually like the fact that Randy is gaining a lot of experience against these kind of mid-tier mm. guys um, because I think when Randy does finally get those top 15, top 10 guys, I think he's going to be that much more prepared. Um, so this is a guy I think can really make a run. It could be a contender. Uh, give me Brown. 
All right, that brings us to the strawweight main event. Kenny will lead us off here. Mackenzie Dern, minus 210. Jan Shaunan, plus 180. Dern has won five of her last six. Now, that does include a split decision win over Tisha Torres, UFC 273. A very close fight. I kind of thought Tisha won. Um, she was beaten in her only UFC main event prior by Marina Rodriguez. This will be the first UFC main event for Jan Shaunan, who had won 13 in a row before this current two-fight skid against Carla Esparza, the champ. And the aforementioned Marina Rodriguez, Ken Flo McKenzie Dern, minus 210 here this weekend. Who do you like? You know, I, I think that uh, McKenzie is so dangerous. Uh, again, I keep making these comparisons, but just like that, you know, person who has one punch knockout power, she's so dangerous, dangerous with her submissions that she can take you out super quick. Um, I would like to see her almost drop guard against someone like Yan Shaunan. Uh, I, I yeah. think that uh, at times she spends a lot of energy trying to take her opponents down. Um, and against Yan Shaunan, she's got that, you know, uh, Sanda background that um, allows her to hit some nice takedowns and keep the fight on the feet when she needs to. Mackenzie is still a developing striker. She has made large improvements in that realm. Um, but I think uh, Jan has really impressed me. And and I'm a huge Mackenzie Dern fan. The fact that you know she's coming from that jiu-jitsu background, multiple-time world champion, ADCC champion, no-gi world champion, gi world champion. Um, and, and I I just I, I think she's just a real sweet kid. Um and I, I, I love that, love how tough she is as well. If she gets by someone like Yan Shaunan, I, I think she's going to be fighting for the belt soon. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's going to show a huge improvement in her overall mixed martial arts game, which she's been doing. But I haven't seen the jump like I want to just yet. And I think the fact that Yan Shaunan um, has shown excellent striking, excellent takedowns and defense, um, I I think this might be a tougher matchup from McKenzie uh, than is than it is is expected. Um, so yeah, I, I've been pretty lame throughout this main event, just continuing to pick all the favorites. But I'm actually going to take the underdog here Ooh, in the Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, Bry. <laughs> yeah, lay it up for me. Has been laid. What do you got? Listen, this is a great main event. Women's 115 is fucking stacked. Uh, and everyone knows how I feel about Mackenzie Dern. She's my little sweetheart that I never met. She's adorable. She's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful young lady. And she's an incredibly talented fighter and tough. You know, she, she walks forward. She doesn't know how to take a step back. She's moving forward. Striking's come a long way. I've stated numerous times that if her wrestling really was on point, she'd be a beast because as Kenny can attest, her jujitsu is head and shoulders above everyone else, either off her back or on top. She's lightning. Uh, Jan is action-packed. I mean, this girl's never been in a boring fight. Marina Hadiga's fight was incredible. Carlos Barza fight, though, you know, she dropped it a little bit. I mean, that's that's a champion right there, but that's the only grappler she's fought. I know Claudia Gale is a grappler, but she kind of struck towards the end of her career, or at least her UFC run. Uh, Carla's the only one that really persisted takedown, and when she got taken down, I hate to cap off one fight, she took it down and, and finished it on the ground. I think if McKenzie can get this to the, to the ground, I love it. I don't love the number on McKenzie Dern as a favorite at minus 210. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wish it was cheaper, but I'll pay that. Not a parlay piece for me. This is going to be a straight wage. I'm picking McKenzie Dern, and uh, I'll sprinkle on her by sub as well because I would love a maybe like a fourth round, you know, really, you know, great fight, and she catches something or whatever. Uh, and I agree. If McKenzie Dern gets past Jan, I think she could contest for the title for sure. All right, if you want more from BP, at Brian Petrie MMA, that was kind of cool to see on social media, uh, wearing that proud UPS Brown, taking somebody down and just letting them know. 
letting them know. It's a guy I work with. He's like 44. He said he wrestled in high school, state champion, whatever. Not a UFC fan. Gets his UFC picks for me. And it seems like whenever he gets picks for me, they lose. So he gives me shit. Like, do you even know what you're talking about? And I'm like, dude, you're you're telling me like, hey, I want to put $100 down and I want to win $100. Like, that's not the easiest thing to do. So anyway, we're, we're busting balls. We had a light day at work or, and whatever. And I, I, we're on that little table. I pick him up. I put him down like a little baby and I made him my little bitch. I mean, that's what, that's what happened. He's also, one six one. he's also six one. He doesn't believe how tall I am. So I have another picture where he's on his tippy toes and I dwarf him and he still doesn't believe it. But John, I have a real quick question for you. Yes. We're doing the 40 yard dash, right? We're talking right. about it. I, I mean, you and buff who we got, who who's taking you and buff buff can't run. <laughs> because of his ACL. So Buff and I oh, go okay. on a lot of walks okay. together. Okay. So in a high intensity interval training workout over 60 minutes, I think Buff would outlast yeah. me, but in a 40 yard dash, uh, I would smoke him probably going gotcha. backwards, you know? Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> all right, Brian Petrie. Great yes. stuff today. We will uh, talk to you in the, uh, in the not too distant future, perhaps without your hair. Yeah, I guess we'll see. maybe, oh, maybe. Man. All right. I'll see you boys. Thanks. All right. There he is. Brian Petrie with us for the main event challenge. So, you know, oftentimes people say, Oh, what do you want for Christmas? Or what do you want from Hanukkah? You know? So I see all this wonderful artwork. I don't really have an office, right? I mean, it looks like Ken Flo has this amazing fucking office, Jim in his house. Anyway, my office here is in my bedroom. Right. And I have some artwork. I have this amazing Nate Diaz print behind me. Right. But as the president of team Florian, how do I not have a framed? I don't even need it autographed, right? How do I not have a framed photo? I'm I'm being serious now. How do I, I not have? And I don't want you to buy this for me. I'm gonna get this on my own, you know. But how do I not have a framed photo of you with Joe Lozon mounted in Broomfield, <laughs> Colorado? You know, blood splurging everywhere. How do I not have that in my office? Like some I, sort of ode to to you know my favorite fighter. We're going to make that happen. We're going to make that happen. We're going to make that 100%. happen, but I don't buy it. We're Cody will talk happen. offline. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for indulging us today. Oh, Cody, we got the. We got yeah, the I'm room. here. Well, I, I came on to say I'm pretty sure that that's on your ceiling, right? <laughs> right over, <laughs> right over the bed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yep. 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 It is actually. Oh, there it is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, the marrow seconds to close out the show. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, so a couple, couple quick notes off the top, if I can fucking talk. Uh, Ronnie Aya versus Cody Garbrandt's off. Ronnie Aya had a uh, neck injury, which does happen in jujitsu. Uh, Cannoneer versus Strickland back for December 17th. So that one got rebooked. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, now free agent after uh, being dropped by one champion. Well, mutually parting ways with one championship. So either of you guys might be calling an Eddie Alvarez fight, maybe in the near future. Uh. Tom Hardy recently competed in the Ultimate Martial Arts Championships Tournament in Milton Keys and won the 41 and up division at 82.3 kilos. Yeah. His third tournament win in as many months. My Man. fellow blue belt. Just kidding. I'm not a blue belt. He's a blue belt, though. We got to get him on the show, Cody. Can we make we that do. happen? Well, and also, so I was looking it up. John, did you know that you're not IMBD credited in Warrior? Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you better believe that. Well, no, I, actually, not. It's, it's not on his IMDb. Oh, no, it's not Jonathan Matthew oh. Anik. Actually, it, it, it I was credited as Jonathan Anik in that. Uh, in that oh. So uh, damn. But you know, Bastards. I got bigger problems. You know why he that. got the gig? Because of MMA Live. Boom. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah, there's no show. Yep. Of course. They they actually wanted Kenny. They called they got the wrong guy. It was well, like no, that episode of Entourage where the wrong guy shows up. Well, they wanted both of us. Uh thanks, Cody. But no, Ken Flo was uh was prioritizing I training his training as usual. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, just fight for world titles. Of course. Yeah. Movies. Uh, so also Daniel Rodriguez, Cody and I were talking about stepping up on short notice to face Neil Magny October fifteenth. Quick turn for D Rod. And by the way, if you follow Daniel Rodriguez on Instagram, um, uh, let me just put it to you this way. If you have any affinity for cannabis in your life, you may want to go follow d Rob because uh, I can assure you he's higher than whatever people think I'm on right now. <laughs> well, he's like the full five sanctum. joints at one time. Five joints at one time. Damn. He's a connoisseur. I like it. It's like yeah. PFL owner Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Which, by the way, Edwards commenting on d Rod's post, like, hook a brother up. You know, and d Rod's like, I got you. you know, looks like it's <laughs> funny to go around for the king of L.A., Daniel Rodriguez. <laughs> Sorry, Cody, go ahead. Um, no, no. So I was just going to add in there that uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson, Biagio Ali Walsh, signed a deal with the PFL as well. Amateur fight. How does that make you feel, Kenny? You might be uh, announcing an Ali fight. I mean, great. Yeah. I mean, he's got some got some big shoes to fill. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. How does he feel about yeah. Ken Flo potentially calling his fight, Cody? Maybe uh, we'll have to call him up. We'll have to get <laughs> him on after Tom Hardy. Indifferent, probably. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's favorite segment. Uh, Cody's covers, AKA fade, whatever pick I'm giving. I feel like I'm kind of screwing myself over this week by giving a Saturday spread pick before, you know, usually I give them on Monday. It's like a. So international listeners, if you don't know, Cody gives a prediction on the NFL every week and he hasn't really been hitting it out of the proverbial ballpark. He's 0-2 to begin the NFL season. We're sitting here on the eve of week three. You have to give us a selection for week three because most of the week four lines, I guess you could find them, but right. You got to give us a selection for week three, don't you? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm doing, but I feel confident in it. I feel good. Not that I haven't the last two weeks. All right. Well, uh, well, let's see what you got. So I like the Chiefs minus five and a half in Indy. Right. Uh, Chiefs five and oh in the last five road games versus someone with a losing record. Uh, Chiefs are 10 and two against the spread actually in their last 12 games and the Colts historically bad against the spread. And also, I just don't think they're a very good team. Owen four in the last four against the spread last four following a 14 plus point loss and Owen four against the spread versus the AFC. So minus five and a half chiefs go take it to the window. I like the handicap and uh, Cody does do his homework. There is a decent segment of our listenership though, that fades you every week. And as they should, I should start fading myself. That's, that's where I need to start making my money. That's okay. I'm just going to go on a Epic run. I so. do have the Chiefs in a teaser, but now I won't play them because you're on that side. I love you, but I just now I can't. I mean, you're, you're ice yeah. right now. You well, are ice. Like my eyes on that note. Oh, Cold plunge. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition. Thank you to our guests, Ray Longo and Brian Petrie. Thanks to our executive producer, Cody Merrow. And uh, in all seriousness, Ken Flo, great to see all of the ADCC coverage and, uh, and to see you be a part of uh, a tournament that they'll be talking about for years to come. Um, don't forget, if you want to support the show, you can do so on social media at AnnaFlorianPod, AnnaFlorianPodcast.com for your merchandise needs. I use the promo code Longo today, actually. Yeah, Cody, I bought my wife a pair of Anakin Florian Podcast pajama pants. I use the promo code Longo. If Ray gets credit for that sale, it was the only promo code I could think of. If Ray gets credit for that sale, God fucking help me. <laughs> One more sleep merch, including the city-themed Abu Dhabi limited edition shirts, are now available at millions.co with that. Oh, KennyFloridMartialArts.com as well. Don't forget. Probably a good time 
for you jujitsu players to go to KennyFlorianMartialArts.com. Uh, and we will talk to you shortly. Uh, we'll recap Mackenzie Dern and Jan Shaunan and uh, get you ready for uh, another live event forthcoming. Thank you all. We'll talk to you in a week. For Ken Flom, John Anik, you later. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.